welcome to Wake Up To The Word. We're so happy that you're here, glad you're joining us. Episode 102, 102, it is December 22nd, and it is my son Tyler's birthday today, 29 years old. Let's give him a studio audience applause, thank you very much. Studio audience that's not here. Oh, my little RV is falling off there. We're brought to you by Barky's RV Rental. You can go to BarkyRVRental.com and rent your own RV. So, uh, camper. So, uh, we'd love if you do that. So, for details, go to BarkyRV.com. Um, <clears throat> BarkyRVRental.com. We are... moving right along in our in our series we're coming to the end of our reading list if you are new to us you can get your own reading list by going to wake up to the word wake up to the word.org org and you can get your own you can sign up to have it emailed right to you if you want, if you haven't been doing that and you want it, you can go to lifecoast.org and go to um, the growth drop down. You'll see Wake Up to the Word right there. You can go there and get your own PDF of starting in January, uh, the year two, first quarter of year two. Uh, Wake Up to the Word. You can join in anywhere you'd like. You can join in in January and join us. Or wake up to the word. We are in the book of Acts right now, and um, we are uh, Acts 11 and 12. And uh, last week you came and got our hundredth episode. Yay, our hundredth episode! We had our hundredth episode last week. Pastor Mike Wade joined us. We talked about the Holy Spirit coming on the Gentiles, and uh, we had. Uh, couple of groups that had it. The Jews got the Holy Spirit came on them at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Then in Acts chapter 8, the Samaritans, that's half Jew, half Gentile, go uh, go up, go to the, uh, get the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, I'm watching my dog. He's going somewhere he's not supposed to go. Um, half Jew, half Gentile, uh, so the Holy Spirit came to the Samaritans in chapter 8, and then last week in chapter 10, they came to uh, the Gentiles. And so now we're continuing from there. We talked about uh, the Holy Spirit in the transitional part of the book of Acts, where the Holy Spirit's coming on these different groups of people. And then in chapter 19, they'll come on the final group of people that get this unique experience of uh, being a believer and then receiving the Holy Spirit later. Uh, this is very unique in this book of Acts. That doesn't happen in any other book of the New Testament. Just this book here. And in Acts 19, it's going to be the followers of John. Those who were baptized by John. Because they didn't get a baptism of salvation. They had a baptism of repentance. Which is a different thing. They They were committing themselves in the baptism to repenting, to turning. Uh, but they weren't committing themselves to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Different 
baptism. So uh, here we are in chapter 11, and Peter goes back to the apostles, and he reports to them, to the church, the, the, uh, the apostles and the new brothers and sisters in Christ, that the Gentiles have received the word of God. Uh, and so, so when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, you went to the uncircumcised men and ate with them. And so they're asking him, what are you doing? It's against the law. It's against the rules. So he told them about his dream, his vision, I should say, because uh, he was in the city of Joppa. He went into a trance and he had a vision about, and he tells them about the sheet with the four corners coming down and all the animals on it. And God says, what God has made clean, do not call common or unclean. So uh, he tells them about the spirit. Uh, the spirit told me to go with them, the, the men that came to his house, and make no distinction between them. And down in verse 16 of chapter 11, he says, And I remember the word of the Lord. I remembered the word of the Lord. He said, John baptized with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us, when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. So here we know what's happening here. Jesus has come. He paid the penalty for sin and rather than just having the Jews as his chosen people now, he is now opening up the veil. He's opening up salvation to all people. He is calling to all the nations now, not just to Israel. He's going to call to all the nations for salvation. So I have water. I'm, this is the afternoon now. I'm recording this. My coffee this morning was from Swillerbees. I had coffee from Swillerbees. Um, so that was the coffee of the week, was a Swillerbees coffee. It was very good. So uh, <clears throat> really woke me up. Oh, I am having issues with my uh, my uh, my little guy here. So um, that was a rooster. But it's not working very well. Coming in funny. Let me try it in a different port. No, nope, I don't know what the deal is, but uh, we'll keep going. So uh, now the church in Antioch, um, as we come to uh, verse 19, and uh, those who were scattered and persecuted uh, arose over, over, over um, Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word, um, to no one except Jews. So he, it's very specific. It's telling you what was happening there. So <clears throat> these are Jews giving the gospel to Jews. Um, so then the report of this, uh, let me see, um, let me keep reading there. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who uh, on coming uh, to Antioch spoke to the Hellen Hellenists, and, and, and uh, those are the Greeks, um, uh, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. 
And a great number who, who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, that's what I think is so important. He saw God's grace. They were giving God's grace to people. <clears throat> he was glad and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord and uh, steadfast with, with uh, purpose uh, for... Uh, but he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. So uh, we are introduced to Barnabas again, and Barnabas comes into this situation. And now in verse twenty-six, and when they had found him, he brought they brought him. He brought him to Antioch. This is um, uh, I missed something here. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. That was the line I was looking for. <clears throat> That was uh, verse 26, I mean 25. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. Uh, for a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. That's an interesting uh, statement in there because you think that we use the term Christians nowadays, and it's... Uh, it, it's uh, it's a it's a generic identifying term, and uh, uh, I liked uh, at one point I heard that uh, people define the word Christian any way they want. Uh, some people think because they're born in America they're a Christian. Uh, some people think that because they're not Jewish and they're not Muslim they're Christian, and it's not it's not a default category. Um, there's lots of there's religions that call themselves Christian religion because Christ is within their doctrine, but a mislabeling of Christ does not make something Christian. But here's the thing. The people in Antioch called them Christians not as a term of endearment, but as a slur. They were Christians. They were those people who follow Christ. And so it was given to them by the outside of the family of God, so the, the what the what the believers actually call themselves were believers, uh, people of the way, family of God, Christ followers. They used all those terms. They did incorporate Christians uh, later on. You'll see Peter says, "Well, if they're going to call us Christians, and just be the best Christians you can be." So, um, it's it's that taking a moniker, a negative moniker that's given to you, and making turning it into a positive. Uh, it like uh, in the seventies they used to call police officers pigs, right? They called them pigs, and uh, that was a negative term. But the police took it on themselves: pride, integrity, and guts. They used to call that uh, what it stood for. So. It's it's that kind of a thing. They, they took on the moniker of Christians that we still use to this day, though, as I said, people define it kind of any way they want. And so it's up to us to define Christianity as people who are full of grace that Barnabas saw those first believers. So we need to have a hearts of grace for everyone. So... Um, as we continue on, uh, is an interesting term used here. Uh, so the dis so the disciples, so the disciples determined 
everyone according to his... Uh, let's see here. And uh, one of them named Agabus stood up, foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over the world. Uh, this took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So <clears throat> I take this term because um, everyone according to his ability is something that is in incorporated into the Marxist doctrine, uh, the political um, Marxist doctrine. And people look at this and believe that bib Marxism or socialism is biblical because of terms like this. The problem is, is that uh, Marxism, socialism, and even capitalism is a, uh, um, a man-made governmental process. And there are some principles that are within those governmental processes that are biblical, but it doesn't mean that the entire process itself is biblical. Um, so, uh, in Marxism, the whole statement is, uh, from everyone according to their ability, to anyone according to their needs. That's a Marxist-Socialist uh, mantra. The thing about Christianity is is that it's not about the government taking and giving. It is about people through the Spirit telling them to be generous. That's what is the distinction here. This is an individual journey, spiritual journey, that people take with their own, uh, how, they, how, they, uh, how they make money, how they, how they do things, how they... That, that they feel the Spirit, and they're led by the Spirit, and they give in accordance with what the Spirit is showing them and telling them. That's the distinction that we, it's not a government process, it's an individual process. So, that's enough of that. Uh, chapter 12, James is killed and Peter imprisoned. So, uh, about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John. This is a distinction. I'm going to show it to you in a minute. <clears throat> with the sword. And when he saw it, it pleased the Jews. He proceeded to arrest Peter. And uh, uh, also, uh, that was during the day of the unleavened bread. So it was during Passover. And, and when uh, he seized him, he put him in prison, delivered him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, Intending that the pass, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people, so Peter was kept in prison. But earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Okay, I'm going to pause there. There's a break in the action as far as the uh, how the Bible lays it out. Uh, I don't want you to get this James mixed up with the James, uh, the book of the Bible, James. We're coming to that book uh, next. Oh, we're coming to that book next week, as a matter of fact. So, <clears throat> so, so, this is James the Apostle who gets killed, the brother of John. He gets killed by the sword, and Herod is uh, wreaking havoc here on the disciples. Um, now, uh, Peter gets rescued. He's in prison. 
He's being held in prison. Uh, Herod has ordered him. He's got guards that are sent there. And an angel comes, appears to him, takes uh, his chains drop off him. His chains fall off his hands. The angel tells him to come, get dressed, put on your sandals, and come with me. He gets his clothing back on, and he walks right by the guards. This is like the invisibility blanket over them. Nobody sees him. He walks right by the guards. The door is open. He walks right out the door, and he goes to the house. This is down at verse 12. And when he realizes this, uh, he went to the house. When he realizes it's not a vision, this is really happening. When he realizes this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark. Okay, <clears throat> his other name. This is the, J, the, 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 the one who writes the book of Mark in the Bible. His real name is John, and he says, whose other name is Mark. Why does he have another name? And we use the other name because there's already a John who's writing one of the Gospels, and then um, other uh, the other John in the in the Bible, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and Revelation. So John's already, uh, the, so to stop the confusion, he has another name, and the other name is recorded in Scripture. Why does he have another name? Well, you know Paul, Saul, has two names. Right now he's Saul. He'll start being Paul. Why? Well, it's explained why... Paul, Saul, Paul has two names. Saul is his Hebrew name. Paul is his Roman name, Greco-Roman name. And, and Paul is dual, dual, dual citizenship. He's both Hebrew and Roman. So that's why Saul has it. It's not explained why Mark has it, but his John name is Hebrew. His Mark name is Greco-Roman. So apparently that was a common thing for people who had citizenship within the Roman community. They would use their Roman name, their Greco-Roman name, and they would use also their Hebrew name when they were in with the Hebrew crowd. Now, this is his mother Mary, which is kind of a Hebrew name, so she must be the Jewish side of things. And she's obviously wealthy because Peter comes uh, and knocks at the door of the gateway. So there's a gateway to even get into the house. So it's a it's a bigger home. The other thing is uh, she's uh, she uh, has people in her house that are believers and they're praying. They're having a prayer meeting. They're praying for Peter, who's been arrested. Peter is obviously one of the leaders of the church. And I don't believe, as the Catholic Church believes, that he was the first pope. And um, there's no there's no historical documentation that would ever say he's a pope. Is he a leader among the apostles? Yes. Is he a leader <clears throat> among in the early church? Um, yes. But is he the Pope? He's not the Pope. So they don't have any papal authority going on um, that, that's here. They, they have apostolic uh, authority as the first 12 apostles of Christ. So um, we could get into that a whole other time. But, um, but Peter's in prison. He walks out. He goes to the gate and he knocks on the door. And he... He calls in, apparently. Um, he knocked at the door of the gate. A servant girl named Rhoda came to answer, and she recognized Peter's voice. So he must have said, hello, hey, how you doing? And she recognized his voice, and she runs into the people, and she reported that Peter is standing at the gate. And they said to her, 
uh, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it's his angel. And that's a strange statement because uh, they're either assuming he's dead, um, but that's not doctrinally sound that he becomes an angel. So that's not... It, but angel, angelos, in Greek, we've talked about this before, means messenger. So it's his messenger. He sent a messenger. So it's not really Peter. It's someone that's there for him. And that's what I think it is, because I don't think they doctrinally thought Peter would be an angel. So that doesn't make any sense to me. But messenger, that Peter might have sent a messenger, because if you remember when Jesus was walking and John the Baptist had a question, he sent messengers to Jesus. So someone's in jail can send a messenger. It's the same exact word. So if even though you translate it as angel, it really, I think, is better translated as messenger. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and they were amazed. Uh, but he motioned to them to, to be silent, to, to keep quiet. I don't want to make a ruckus, they'll, because apparently it was not too far from where the prison was. And um, uh, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Now, obviously, he's not telling him to tell the James brother that died, but he's saying, tell it to James and the brothers. I think he's talking about the James, the brother of Jesus, who is now a leader in the Jerusalem church. And we're going to go to the book of James next because uh, we believe that this is the James. So he's reporting this to James. Now, when the day came, there was no little dis there was no little disturbance among the soldiers when they when they had become what had become of Peter. They realized he was gone, and and after Herod searched for him, they didn't find him. He examined the sentries and ordered that they should be put to death. So that's an interesting concept is remember when the guards, could, they couldn't find Jesus. He was not in the tomb. They told them to spread a lie. But the, the custom is, the law is, you lose a prisoner, you die. And so uh, this was carried out under Herod. Um, now, verse 20 of 12. Now, Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with one accord and having persuaded Blastus, the king of Chamberlain, the king's Chamberlain, that uh, <clears throat> they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robe, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. So he's proclaiming something to them. Doesn't say what it is. And the people were shouting, the voice of a god and not of a man. So they're, 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 they're immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. And then we go on, we'll finish the last two verses here. But the word of God increased and multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. So we're going to hear more about this John Mark and Barnabas uh, and Saul, who's going to be named Paul pretty soon. And, um, and, and the, the, the journey is going to continue as the gospel goes out. But we're glad you joined us today. 
and uh, we are here at Wake Up to the Word, and that is New Testament Friday, episode 102. We'll see you next week, our last two episodes of the year, our last two episodes of season one, and uh, we hope that you join us. So thank you for coming and joining us at Wake Up to the Word. We'll see you all real soon.